0: We are in a series right now, and we're excited on this topic called The Journey. The Journey. So get your notes out. If you, we do this every Sunday with notes so you have something to take home and, and, and just remember the message by, and hopefully it'll help you throughout the week and the months to come. But I, I saw a sign the other day, and it said, um, Happy Easter to Christian friends. And, and then it said, Happy Passover to our Jewish friends. And to our atheist friends, good luck. Good <laughs> luck. Oh, it's pretty cool anyway. All right, the journey, the journey. And how many knows every one of us in life is on a journey? Amen. We're on a journey, and, and we're not human beings. We're not physical beings trying to become spiritual beings in a world. God created us spiritual beings to live in a physical body on the earth. And I want to help you today because every one of us is on a spiritual journey. And all I want to do today, I'm not going to try to hit a home run. I know preachers try to hit home runs on Easter because we have the biggest crowds of the year. I just want to get on base in your life today. I'm not even going to try to hit a home run. I just want to get into your heart a little bit that I can get on first base because if I get on first base, we're going to get to second and third, and home run. And so I'm not even going to try to impress you because I couldn't if I tried, but I just really want to get into your heart and your spirit a little bit today about this thing because we started last week with a guy named Joseph. And, and, and we see here that what happened in this area, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was then taken to Potiphar's house in Egypt, and he wound up being in Pharaoh, who would be like the monarch or the king of Egypt because he interpreted his dreams. He found favor with Pharaoh even though he was a slave. And all of a sudden, we see that, that he has this favor upon his life. He's second in charge of all of Egypt. But that Pharaoh died, and a new Pharaoh took over, and he was angry at the population growth of the Israelites within Egypt. They had grown to around 4 to 6 million, and he put them back into slavery. And for 400 years, the Israelites, the Jewish people, were slaves in Egypt. But then God calls Moses... Because the Pharaoh put a decree that all the firstborn males would be put to death. And and so Jochebed, this mother, had a little baby named Moses. And she put him in a wicker basket because he became too large to hide. And and Pharaoh's army was going to find him and put him to death. So she put him in the Nile River and let him float away and put him at the mercy of nature and God. But... Pharaoh, the monarch's daughter, happened to be bathing at the same river, and little Moses drifted around. Instead of putting him to death, she had favor on him and took him home and raised him as her son. And for the first 40 years of Moses' life, he grew up in the very king's house that put the degree to put him to death. God's got a way of turning things around, doesn't he? And so 40 years, he's there thinking he's an Egyptian. One day, he realizes, I'm not an Egyptian. I'm an Israelite. And he saw an Egyptian trying to kill an Israelite, and he killed and murdered the Egyptian. And he fled to the Midian Desert where he spent the next 40 years of his life in running and in hiding and just running away from life in general. And then one day, God speaks to Moses through a burning bush. A bush just catches on fire, and it starts talking to Moses. Now, that'll freak you out. I don't care who you are. That'll mess you up, right? And this bush starts talking to him and tells him, go back to Egypt and tell the Israelites that I've got some promises I want to tell you about. I'm going to set you free. And he tells him four promises that God gives the Israelites that I want to talk to you about on this thing called the journey. We're going to deal with them individually throughout this month. Go to the scripture with me and let's look at these four promises. The, The issue with these four promises is this, that God gave them, 3,500 years ago, but everything in the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament, every promise in the Bible, how many knows there's hundreds of them? Every promise in the Bible is based out of these four promises, every one of them. And so God gave us a foundation or the four promises he wants us to know, and every one of them deals with an area of our spiritual life. And all I want to do today is get on first base and let's identify where you are In your spiritual journey, and then let's find out how do I get to the next step of the journey? How do I get to that next level that God wants to take me to? So here's the promises. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and here's promise number one, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And, and here's what God's saying there. He's, he's not saying, Look, I want you to come to church, raise your hand, give me your life, and I want to make you this perfect husband, perfect wife, unbelievable, never mess up Christian that never has any problems anymore. I just wanted you to be this prayer thing. That's not what God's saying. All God's saying here is, I want to get you out from under that burden you're under. I, I want to get you, I want to bring you out from under that yoke that's upon whatever's weighing you down in life today. We'll get to those other things, but first God says, I just want to get to know you. I just want you to know God. I just want you to know who I am. I want to remove all those misconceptions that you've had that I'm this big guy up there with a two-by-four getting ready to knock you out every time you mess up. He says, I just want to get to know you. I want to take you out. I mean, he's got some burdens you're carrying, some yokes that, that man, the enemy, just life in general has just got weights upon you and, and burdens upon you. And the first promise God says, I want to bring you out from under that yoke. I want to pull you out from under that burden. And, and then he comes in with promise number two, and he says it here. He says, I'm going to free you from being slaves to them. This is power because this is finding freedom. It's important because God wants to free you from your current condition, all right, and that's bringing you out, but then he wants to begin a process of delivering you from the bondage that's in your life. God's not trying to come in here today and go, bam, everything's wonderful. God said, I want to take you on a journey. I want to take you on a journey. Just stay with me. We got babies in here, and we love babies, all right, and we got nursery and all that, and they'll help you, okay? It's just a good amen. That was my nephew back there. All right. But here's what he's saying. God's saying, I want to get you out from the world. Now, let's get the world out of you. Because how many found out just because you became a Christian didn't get rid of all the stuff? Besides me. Still some stuff going on, right? And he said, let every man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. And I'll give you the will and the power to do so. God says, I'm saved now. I brought you out. You're saved But now I want to start some freedom stuff going on inside of you. And my next promise, number one, is I'm going to bring you out. But then promise number two, I'm going to start cleaning you out on the inside. I want to get rid of all that offense, all that hurt, all that disappointment, all that addiction, all of that stuff that you're looking to that's destroying you. Let's get rid of that stuff, and I'm going to help you. Then number three, he says, and by the way, next week we're going to talk about that in completion on how to find freedom in God how to really get rid of all that stuff. We're gonna tell you how next Sunday. And then he said, promise number three, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. And here's what the word redemption. Anybody here right now, And I'm 57 years old, but I wanna tell you something from the moment I got saved and I, I was seven years old when I gave my heart to Christ as a young boy, started preaching when I was 15. But I wanna tell you something from that time to now, there's been a lot of stuff going on in my life. There's some junk in the trunk. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about right there? There's some stuff you wish you could get rid of. There's some things happened in your life you wish had not happened. There's some hurts. There's some offenses. There's some failures. There's all kind of stuff in our life. And God says, I'm gonna redeem you. So first thing I wanna do is bring you out of that weight that's weighing you down in the world and in life. The second thing I wanna do is start setting you free from all that stuff that's going on in your world that's defeating you. And then the third thing I'm gonna do on this journey is I'm going to let you discover purpose. I'm going to redeem you, and the word redeem right there means let's go back to my original purpose that I had in your life before I ever created you in the womb of your mother. You know what that means? All that dysfunctionalism you've had to go through, all that hurt, all that pain, anybody besides me messed up, failure, all that stuff in our life that that keeps haunting you and keep pulling you backwards, God says we're gonna start all over again and we're gonna bypass every bit of that. I'm gonna let you have a fresh beginning. I'm gonna help you discover your purpose in me and then number four the fourth promise and in two weeks we're going to talk about how to discover your purpose and know who you are in God and forget those things which are behind and let's move on in what God has for us ahead we're going to talk about that three weeks from now and then he says I will take you as my people and I will be your God you know what he said there the first three dealt with us individually But number four deals with us corporately. He says, I'm gonna take you as an individual. I'm gonna let you know me. I'm gonna pull you out of the world. I'm gonna help get all that stuff inside of you out that's messing with you. I'm gonna help you find purpose and I'm gonna connect you with a church family and we're gonna go make a difference in the lives of many people. How means thankful for your church family, amen? And so God's saying, I've got a plan. I've got a journey that I wanna take you on. Just get on board and go with me. And then he says, you will know that I am the Lord your God. What does he mean there? Why is that so important? Here's why it's so important, because people reject. How many knows when you're out there trying to share your faith, people reject Christianity today. People used to be wide open, like tell me more, tell me more. They're like, mm -hmm." You don't know why? They have a false conception of what Christianity is by what they've heard, what they think it is. Jesus says here, you know what? I'm gonna let you know then you will know when you come and you let me just come in there and and take you out of that world and you let me help you get all that stuff out of your life and you help me let you find and discover the purpose that I have in you, you're not living your life any longer than what somebody else said about me. You're going to know me personally and I'm going to show you who I really am in your life and God's got great plans for you. He really, really does. And so I want to talk to you about this today, this thing called changed change or transformation and that's that's the name of this church and there's a reason because change means to make radically different how many here when you came to jesus he he changed your life radically Anybody here? And I know some of your story, and there's some radical stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we got some folks in here that should be dead, addicts and ex-alcoholics and suicidal and all kind of people in this building today, I being one of them that was life in a mess and down in a very dark place in our life, but Jesus showed up, and he radically changed our life, radically changed where we were and brought us to where we are today. Come on, can we just give him a thank you for that right now? Come on. And so the word transform or transformation, and that's why we call this church Transformation Church, it means to have an immediate change of appearance, form, and character. And and that's our goal here as a church and as a pastor. You won't see us with a thousand things on our resume of a church that, that we're trying to do to make it look like we're busy. We want to be effective. And we have four points that we try to live in this this journey and everything we do here that's no god find freedom in him discover your purpose in him and go make a difference in the world that God has given you. Everything we do is about that. So number 1 is this thing called change. So here's about change. Number 1 is the promise of change. The promise of change. Exodus 6 says, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Again, what Jesus is saying is that now that I've got you out of Egypt, I've got you out of that mindset of the world, I've got your attention, he says, let's go get Egypt out of you. And some here today are filled with purpose and destiny while others might be struggling, stalled in life at a standstill, trying to find your reason, trying to find your purpose, trying to find your happiness in life. You're existing, but you're not living. You've learned to cope with that inner struggle rather than find freedom and deliverance from it. But Jesus wants to bring salvation salvation to you today. You know what the word salvation literally means? to set apart. He just wants to set you apart today. And, and my wife and I have children, and, and salvation means that Jesus wants to offer you a position. I'm going to explain that why they're important. He wants to offer you a position in Christ, not a report card. Can I say that again? Salvation is a position in Christ, not a report card. He that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. That when you come and give your life to Christ, God doesn't look down from heaven every day going, wonder if they're going to mess up, going to mess up, going to mess up. Watching you, watching you. He's not doing that because when I do mess up, God the Father looks down and he doesn't see my mess up. He sees the righteousness of his son because he that knew no sin became sin that I might become the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. He doesn't approve my sin, but he doesn't throw me away when I do it. Come on. Come on, how many glad you got a father like that. I've needed him. How about you? All right? And so what's he saying here? We, we see the prodigal son. When the prodigal son messed up, he came back to his father, he sold his inheritance, he ran away, he spent it all on unrighteous living, women and wine and booze and living it up, and, and he spent it all, wound up living in a pig pen, eating the feed with a, the with a swine, and he came to his senses and said, I'd rather be, I'm better off a servant in my father's house than the master, of this pig pen, and finally he went home one day and thinking that his father would reject him and throw him away, but his father saw him afar off and he ran to him, and here's what the son said, the son said, Said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I don't I don't have a right to my inheritance anymore. I don't have a right to be called your son. But if I can just be a servant, live in a servant's quarter, it's better than that pig pen. But the father ignored every word of his son. He didn't even acknowledge what he had to say. He said, No, sir, my son that was lost has come home, go kill the fatted calf, get the best robe out, get the ring and put it back on his finger because my son who was lost has now been found. And I tell you, that's exactly how Jesus feels about you and I today. He wants to bring a change in your life and let you know he's not asking you to earn anything. He's wanting you to just receive it. A promise of a change that he's offered to you today. Number two is there's a position in the change. Because as a Christian, the closer I get to Jesus, the less I want to do anything that offends him. Many, however, have been taught that you must become good enough, clean enough, perfect enough to earn God's favor and blessing, and that's not true. Hebrews 10.10 says, and by that we all have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. How many is glad today that my righteousness is not based on all that I do right? My righteousness is based on the holiness of who Jesus is. Come on, how I many's thankful for that in your life today? Because I'd be pretty dirty without him. And so we've got to come and understand today. My, my children are all livingstons. And they're livingstons when they do good and do bad. We don't tell them mess up, changing last name. No, they're still livingstons. And how I many's glad you got a father today that when you mess up, you get to keep his name. Amen. Amen? And so let's, let's look at this now. Here, here's the power of this. Jesus responded uh, in crying out from the cross as we're on Easter Sunday. My father, my father, why have you forsaken me? And here's the truth, and I'm going to move on, that Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross, the Bible said, he that knew no sin became sin. He bore our sins in his body on the cross. He took our sin upon himself, and he died of a broken heart. His heart erupted within his chest, and that's what caused his death. But what he said before he died is, my father, my father, why have you forsaken forsaken me because when Jesus became our sin his own father in heaven because of his holiness could not look upon his sinful son he turned his back on his son in heaven and pulled the shade of heaven because he could not look upon him when he became our sin but here's what I want you to see in the power of that God turned his back on his son when he became our sin so he would never have to turn his back on us because of our sin. Hallelujah. I said, thank you, Jesus, for that. Then there's the purpose of change. God desires to create a new you inside of you. Many are wore out, tired of trying to make the old person better. Can I say that again? Too many of us are tired and we're worn out because we're trying to simply make the other this person better. We're trying to change from the outside in rather than letting Jesus change us from the inside out. And I just want you to look at me for a second. There's some things in your life you can't change. If you could, you already would have. There's some things in our life that's going to require a power bigger than us. And Jesus has that. And he's not here today to judge you. He's not here today to condemn you. He's not here today to beat you up, and neither are we. I'm here today to just send you a little message that says Jesus still loves you, And he still wants to bring change in your life, and he wants to take that yoke off of you, that burden that's been weighing you down. He wants to bring you out of that. He wants to pull that stuff and free you from all those habits and things that you've been running back to that keeps pulling you back into that sin and bondage and emptiness and yoke. And he wants to help you discover who you really are in him, and then he wants to help you go make a difference in the lives of many others. And so when we look at this today, Romans puts it like this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Anybody in here in Christ? Anybody that just said, I'm in Christ, still mess up? If I could raise both legs and hands and stand up at the same time, they'd all be in the air. My wife said amen to that on the front row. Okay, but there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Every Easter we do a video, a live story of a family or a couple in our church and let them tell the story for us. Watch this.
1: When my parents got divorced, my father um, abandoned me. He, When my parents got divorced, he openly admitted that he wanted nothing to do with me from here on out. Unfortunately, I was court ordered to go to visit him on during summer. So over the next few summers, I was forced to have to go down and spend time with my father. And uh, so knowing that my father didn't really want anything to do with me, I thought, well, if I did this, I would get the love and um, the the worthiness from my father. And so a lot of things happened to me that um, uh, was very bad where I wasn't protected. And so I grew up just very angry. When I was in my early 20s, I was in a, a really, really, really abusive relationship where I was being physically beaten all the time. I was also not allowed to uh, work or go to school, so he wanted me to just stay at home, and so since I had nothing to do and we had no kids, um, I would drive down here. Because I'm friends with Tommy and and that whole crew, um, I'm very much into cars, and so our normal hangout would be uh, Big Ten Tires. And uh, anyway, so there was this one day that I was at Big Ten Tires just hanging out, and Tommy came up, uh, I think he was off of work or something, and we were just sitting there and, you know, I was just kind of reflecting over my life and everything I've been through. And, and here I was, you know, at a pretty low point point. and uh, I turned to him and I was like, why are you always smiling? And uh, he had shared the story of his family being killed uh, when he was a little boy. I did not know the story at all. He had never shared it. So I remember leaving that day and I remember driving and I was staying somewhere local and i remember sitting in my car thinking there's always a worse story there's always someone else out there that has a worse story than your own because by this point i've already had a pretty a pretty horrible story of my past so once i finally got back here and got out of that relationship and uh, i get into a relationship with todd and And little things would happen if I didn't cook the meal perfectly that night. I would throw the meal all over the the kitchen.
2: Whether it was about dinner, clothes, how your hair looked, you know, (laughs) how the yard work got done, it it was always something. There was always something that would spark a problem. But there was a lot of of anger, a lot of hurt, a lot of um, disappointment. You know, there, there was things said that just cut to your heart and um, made you think, how can I even be in a relationship with somebody who would say things like this, you know?
1: I started to see myself putting restrictions on Todd when it came to his family and his children. I didn't want him to talk to his children in the house. If he spoke to his children, it needed to be outside on the cell phone. Um, I definitely didn't want him to have any conversations around me or at all with his ex-wife. Um, I didn't like him talking about his children when his parents would call.
2: And uh, of course, then there was, uh, you know, my family and my relationship. And I have a really, really good, close relationship with my family. And she wanted to pull me away from that. And I actually spent probably several months, six months or more, you know, very rarely communicating with them. And um, <clears throat> that hurt them a lot, too.
1: It was things that he finally was like, I'm just not going to do that, you know? And, and I would get very angry about it.
2: In the end, we just, we didn't have it in the right place. And so we just couldn't continue with it. You know, it was always a always a struggle. There was nothing ever easy about it.
1: We kept going to church, and we kept trying to make it work. And it just wasn't. And uh, so anyway, so we finally, we finally just had to call it quits and, um, and we separated. Oh, okay. And so um, I had taken some time off of work and I was at home and I just remember falling and thinking, okay, God, I need you to work. Like I need you to, to do something right now because I can't keep going like this.
2: And uh, you know she called and said hey you know I finally realized God put you in my life for a reason and uh, you know I'm, I'm ready and I'm like okay then.
1: I'm ready. I'm finally ready. I know what it's all about. I'm ready to be yours. I'm ready to be your wife. I'm ready to have joint checking accounts. (laughs) I'm ready to take your name. I'm finally ready." And he was like, "Um, okay. And I was like, come get me. When I realized that I was gonna give it over to the Lord, when I came back, it's literally like you wouldn't know that I was that person in in the past. I mean, I'm a completely different person. He has completely changed me. Before, I would've been like, there's no way. There's no way I can be this person who I am today. Absolutely not. I think everyone would be able to agree with that.
2: There ain't a person she knows back 10, 15 years ago that would know who she is today. That's how much she's changed and how much Jesus has changed her. Her attitude's so much different. And it's so wonderful you know, because now I have a wife that loves me, loves the Lord, and loves our relationship together and
1: what we have. And, but that's exactly what He does. He gives, He makes you new. He makes you into a totally new person. And that's been amazing for me because that is strictly God. That has nothing to do with me. And it's interesting now because now that I realize who Jesus is and what He's done for us, and now that I realize who God is and His grace and mercy, I get the best father of all. And that's really, that's really my story, is that I didn't have a father. And there was a lot of bad things that happened to me uh, because of it. And now not only am, am I this better person, and this better person in Christ, but now I have the ultimate father.
0: Todd, Todd and Nicole are here somewhere. And uh, by the way, just a few weeks ago, we remarried them. And they are now a happily married couple again. And here's, here's what I want to close with. Get your notes out. And, and here's their story. And what do you do? What do you do? Pastor, I'm in that place that I realize today that Jesus is calling me. And I, I hear a simple message today. And I, I realize today that God just wants to help me get out from under this burden. He's not here today looking for some massive thing and he just wants to help me get out from under this weight I'm under and he, he wants to help me find freedom from all this stuff that's been destroying me and, and he wants to help me just get some to discover who I am. And him, I get that today. What do I do? Here it is. Number one is make the move. Make the move. You know what that is? Just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Get tired of losing in this certain area of your life. Get tired of the in- winning in this area of your life that someone's owned you, someone hurt you, someone offended you. You failed or you messed up and you feel like you got to walk that out the rest of your life. That's a lie of the enemy. And today, God just wants you to make a move. Just make that step and go, okay, God, I'm hearing you. I'm ready for whatever you've got in this journey of life for me. Number two is let it go. Let it go. Let go of that person that hurts you. Let go of your failure. Let go of your offense. Let go of your mistake. Let go of that thing that's just been telling you why you can't, why you can't, why you can't, why you can't. Let it go today and surrender to God and go, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Because if God can heal Nicole, he can heal you. And if you heard the stories of many of the people sitting around you today, it would blow your mind because they look pretty today, but they didn't look that pretty a while back. I being one of them. Thank God, he's a God that can transform immediate change of appearance, form and character, but you gotta let it go. And then number three is commit your life. Commit your life. God just wants a relationship with you today. And that's why I said I'm not trying to hit a home run today. I just wanna help you get on first base. God just wants a relationship with you, that's all. He just wants you to come and say, Jesus, I need you in my life today. I just need to start over and I just need a fresh beginning in you. Help me today. And if you do that, you're gonna start a brand new journey of life. God's got something amazing for you. Will you bow your head, some me across this building today? And I just wanna pray a prayer with you and for you. And if you're sitting in here right now, I wanna ask you a question. If you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I realize today God loves me. God loves me. Jesus loves me. And and I need Him in my life right now. And I need that new beginning. I need that fresh start. I realize today that He's not asking me to come and change everything about my world. He just wants me to come to Him and just let it go, surrender to Him, let Him do His thing in my life. I'm ready to do that. I'm ready for that new beginning in this journey of life. I'm ready to start over and do it right and do it with Him. Pray for me. If that's you, I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want you to raise your hand so Jesus can see it. Will you lift a hand up across this building? His hands begin to go up already all over this building. I'm ready today. I'm ready for that new beginning. I'm ready for that start. I'm ready for just a whole change in my life. I want that transformation to take place in my life. Any others that will join the many that have already raised their hand, I promise I'm not pointing you out. I just want to pray a prayer with you. Today, Jesus wants to give you a brand new beginning. In Him, He wants to walk you through the journey of life. If you bowed your head and and prayed that prayer, and you ra- or you raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And if you're online right now via the internet, and you need Jesus and that fresh start, I want you to pray it with us today in the church. We're going to pray it with you. And if you need that change in your life today, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your Word, "If I would come to you, confess." with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead. and I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. According to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen,
2: amen. Come on, church, you join me and let's just say a thank you and
0: celebrate with each.